Hello and welcome again to this week's edition of Irreligiosophy, where we have been promoting the crowbar against zombie attacks since January 2009. Well, that's true. Not only can you crack them in the head, but you can also use them to pry open doors. Which is very important when choosing a weapon. Quite useful. <laughs> well, uh, now that we've gone over that boring aspect, how about we move right into reviews, shall we? Uh, absolutely. What do you got? Well, I like uh, this one by R. Cedars, Irreverend Humor at Its Best. These guys po don't poke fun at religion. They shine a light of reason on it in a very humorous way. And then he goes on to babble about recommending it to people. Yeah, we shine light into uh, religion's various orifices. Yes, Showing yes. stuff that people really haven't seen before or never want to see. Trying to find out why there's an aer aerosol can shoved up there somehow. <laughs> Shoving up. That should be our tagline. Shoving aerosol cans in religion's orifices <laughs> since January 2009. Please don't light a match. The next one is uh, Rickshire. He says, great podcast. Four stars. I really enjoy this podcast. It is both informative and funny. Uh, but only four stars funny. Yeah, well, what's with the four stars? It's as bad as the guy who gave us a three-star rating and then didn't tell us why. <laughs> yeah, leave a review. Yeah, I mean, you, you you talk about how great this podcast is. What the hell do we have to do to get a fifth star out of you? I mean, I'm berating women left and right, and I don't even get a fifth star? That three stars um, is kind of like a hit-and-run review, right? Yeah. That stuff hurts. You guys don't take our feelings seriously. Yes, you know, I've, I've been consoling Charlie uh, naked for some time now. Which brings us to our next review. <laughs> Well, that's not gay, is it? <laughs> not gay, and it doesn't really matter if they are gay anyway kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I kind of like this never-not-now fellow. However, I don't understand his P.S. when he says, I love with, or excuse me, I love with when they are rude and politically incorrect. I know shocking coming from me. That statement would mean more if I actually knew who this person was. <laughs> Maybe he's a shock jock. I can't believe you skipped over uh, the ex-Mormon who comes from an actual clan of what appears to be the only case I know of where a person's life would have been greatly improved if left in an orphanage. <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. I mean, I did have to hunt for my own food growing up, and squirrel soup tastes good, by the way. Let's clarify, you were not adopted. You were the no. last born of the natural children. Which uh, doesn't make much of a difference. I probably should have been adopted out anyway. <laughs> yeah, your life would have been greatly improved if <laughs> you had been adopted by somebody else. <laughs> How sad is that? I mean, really, thank you very much for kicking me in the marbles for reminding me about my sad existence. <laughs> No matter how hard you try to forget, our fans yes, are there. Yes. Well, I, I'm constantly reminded uh, concerning my childhood uh, every time I discuss things with my brothers and realize how stupid everybody is. I did want to cover one email. Uh, this is from a guy named Rev. He says, funnier and funnier every week. I thought the misogynist and homophobic shtick would wear thin, but it has become oddly endearing. I wonder what that says about Rev. Yeah, that that just, you know, I'm sorry, but we don't like your class of listener around I, here. I don't know what shtick he's talking about. This is, this is actually Leighton. 
He's definitely not talking about my shtick because we all know how tiny it is. <laughs> he says, but if you ever play that New Age bullshit music from the Wiggles way again, I will invent a way to stab you in the face over the internet. Look, he's right. I totally apologize. We will never do it again. Red leaves aflame against the autumn sky. We speak our silent last goodbye. The velvet green beneath our feet it lies. Watch for that old man passing by. And the wind Yeah, well, see, I promised not to play the first song again, but I found that one. That was really good. It's called Ever On and On. Yeah, you know, it it touched me in places that only my father has ever touched me. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) All right, should we get to... (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Should we get to the gist of the meat... Not the milk anymore, the meat of this podcast. Not just yet. And the reason why is I actually found uh, someone who linked to us back in October that we missed, and uh, this is too priceless to pass up on. This is a uh, uh, blog from Matilla Singapura, and we all know I'm botching your name up, so who cares? But it basically says... Being an individual and taking that idea quite seriously, I'd like to think of myself as someone who bows to no one else's code. It is for that reason I salute these guys for making me laugh so hard to the point of urinary and fecal incontinence. I have to keep up the kegels to stop from me from embarrassing myself. I thought that was worth reading. Uh, and he's talking about us. Why, well, I certainly hope so. <laughs> why, why would I bring it up? <laughs> Well, he also points out that we address important questions, some not near enough often asked, like, was Jesus a dick? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's not asked because it's obvious. He was a dick. Yeah, well... No uh, question about it. (laughs) So you're saying we point out the obvious? Yes. (laughs) We should uh, put a warning on the podcast. Maybe our tagline uh, should be, Irreligiosity, the one true podcast, may cause fecal leakage. <laughs> well, that's that's only because we're shoving aerosol cans up. Yes, true. <laughs> Do your kegels. You know what kegels are, don't you? Uh, a woman tried to tell me that was how she kept tight down there. I have no idea what it is. Kegel exercises uh, when you urinate. That uh, muscle that you use to stop the urination, uh-huh. you, you squeeze that muscle over and over and over again. And what exactly is that supposed to do for you? You know, it might help you with your Minuteman problem. What are you talking about, Minuteman problem? There's no problem there. <laughs> Sorry. 30-second <laughs> man. <laughs> if I make it to a minute, the woman's cheering. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can we get to the meat of the podcast, yes, for God's yes. sake? Let's, let's please move in. And you know what? Before you even get started, we didn't even get to my more than one lesson, and I'm going to demand that we do that first. All right, let's do that. 
All right. So this this more than one lesson, as was described last week, is uh, coming from a guy who's a Christian and he reviews movies, and it's horrible. Basically, he spends the first six minutes and forty five seconds talking about the movie, explaining the story of Wally. Now, do you really think anybody coming there to listen to your podcast hasn't actually seen Wally? And not only that, but if you cut out the ahs and ums, his podcast would be half the length of what it is. I mean, this guy cannot make a complete sentence without stopping to say um and ah. It's boring as shit. There is a thing called editing, where you can actually play your podcast to yourself and edit out the ahs and ums. I mean, everybody does it, but for God's sakes, edit it. Yeah, now actually, I did that with his podcast. The first two, I did not. The first two we're going to listen to, I did not edit it, so you can hear every ah and um, but everyone after that, I got so pissed off, I just started deleting and actually editing his podcast. So, basically what the guy does is he records it and then slaps it up. Yeah. Um, Your... You know, maybe they come to his Christian podcast to see if Wally is uh, Christian enough for their children. Maybe they haven't seen it. Well, if that's the case, then why the hell does he sit down there and give away the entire storyline? Because there's no point (laughs) in actually watching the movie after you listen to him babble on about it. All right, well, let's hear some clips. All right, the first one we're coming to is his absolutely stupid apology for not being as conservative or, uh, you know, apologizing for his point. Uh, so I was talking with some old friends uh, about Wally. Um, this was uh, several months ago. And they uh, are still very conservative. And for the record, if you are a conservative, uh, I, that's fine. It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, there are some people uh, in Los Angeles, um, and I'd say people anywhere, who would say that, oh, well, if you're conservative, you just don't think, you're an idiot, and, and I don't think that. I've known plenty of intelligent, well-spoken, reasonable conservatives. I'm sorry I drifted off. <laughs> Could somebody please explain to me what the whole point of that was, apologizing to people for being conservative because you don't think that being conservative is bad? What the hell was the point of that? I mean, he he's here to talk about Wally, and he spins... Probably 10 seconds talking, but 30 seconds with the ahs and ums to apologize for his opinions? <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. But if that's the worst it gets, uh, that's not bad compared to his last episode on Religious. Well, actually, it gets even worse because then he starts reading too much into Wally. And he actually uh, talks to some friends, and they determine that Wally is anti-American, because it shows Americans in a bad light. And for that, we hear it from their words. Admittedly, when I was when I was watching the movie, that kind of bothered me as well, um, because I feel like that is too simple an argument to make. I, I feel like a lot of people focus on the negatives of what the U.S. Uh, has done in the world, and they forget uh, a lot of the positives, and... You know, uh, that instinctively bothers So, what? So, apparently, you can't um, show people with... Because before that, he was talking about people with uh, distinctly American accents. That's how he um, yeah. yeah, basically, out. 
Because they were speaking English and because uh, Americans are wasteful, so on and so forth, he determined that this entire movie was about Americans and about showing their bad side and what it's going to come to be. And my uh, my point to that is, of course it was in English, you retard. It's marketed for America. What, do you think these little children are going to think, oh, the French are bad if all of a sudden one of the characters starts speaking French? Now he was he was talking about his friends having this idea. It wasn't him so much. They were distressed that uh, a, a cartoon would show Americans as fat and lazy and dependent on technology, when in reality we know that America is a country filled with thin, active, uh, very intelligent people who don't sit around on their computers all day or play video games. <laughs> well, you know... He did bring up that it was his friends, but then he actually continued on and stated that he agreed with them that this was anti-American. And in fact, he goes so far in his agreeance that later on he brings up the Truman Show as kind of uh, a comparison. And the funny thing to me is I'm sitting there thinking, you know what, you can take a look at any movie and say it's anti-American. I mean, I, I mean, hell, the Truman Show, you had Americans sitting around while this man was being raped of all of his freedom, so on and so forth, and they were watching this 24 hours a day, and only one woman and maybe a select few were rising up saying, hey, free this guy, actually let him live a life. So is that not more anti-American than Wally actually showing a bunch of fat people float, floating around in space? I love how sensitive these people are to criticism. Any show that displays anyone who could possibly be construed as a member of the United States of America in a potentially negative light, and they flip out and say that it's anti-American. So yeah. you cannot, somehow it's anti-American to criticize our country? Why can't you criticize? I would say it is uh, very pro-American to criticize America because you, wanna, you want it to be a better country. It's your country, for God's sakes. Yeah. Of course you can criticize it. That's what freedom of speech is about. Uh, this mindless, oh yeah, we're the best country in the world, and and uh, everything we do is right, and everything we have done is right, and if you don't like it, leave it. That's the most anti-American thing I think that's possible. These oh, guys are much. so sensitive to criticism. Uh, what What's my guess that these people who say that this stuff is anti-American are fat, lazy people who sit around on the computer and play video games all day? <laughs> <laughs> you want to know my experience of Wally? I actually went to uh, watch Wally with uh, my family, nieces and nephews, things like that. As the movie was getting over, uh, my family, for some reason, likes to sit around and wait for the credits to pass. So I'm standing there, bored as shit, waiting for the credits to pass. The entire theater clears out. I stand up to stretch. I turn around and look, and I burst out laughing because, uh, you know, the fat people portrayed in the movie? There were two of them scrunched up <laughs> side by side, three rows back. And the only thing that went through my mind is, my God, they became real and they're sitting behind us. Why are you so mean to fat people, Leighton? <laughs> fat because, people are people too. Well, I realize that, but you're fat. I'm mean to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, Making fun of me is anti-American. Making fun of you because you're fat is anti-American? Because I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of you that I hate fat people. That, that's why. <laughs> it's because I have to put up with you on a daily basis, and your fatness along with your personality makes me hate fat people. 
Well, that's my fault then. Yes, yes. You got any more clips, or are we done with Wally? (laughs) Not just yet. Uh, I want to play one more clip, and this is where he's talking about uh, Utopia and how the whole idea of this floating spaceship was Utopia. Now, listen to what he describes, and then tell me what exactly it is that comes to mind when you hear what he's describing. There's a lot of sci-fi movies that have kind of dealt with this with this idea. If you continue that trend, then it'll ju- technology will just do everything for you, and you will be kind of helpless. But your life will be so easy. Who cares? Oh, I don't. You know, it's a utopia. But a utopia where everybody's basically children is uh, kind of not really much of a utopia at all. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Christian heaven came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you think about it, he's describing the Christian heaven. Because you go up there, you no longer have any cares, any worries, everything's provided for you. What what exactly are you going to be doing up in heaven? Singing praises to Jesus. Which, my God, I will shoot myself in the brain even if I make it to heaven. (laughs) It seems like a horrible existence. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is what this this Christian is describing is the existence in heaven and yet he's sitting there putting it down saying you know what i i don't understand this it doesn't seem very good to me so on and so forth and i'm sitting there thinking you're describing christian heaven and you're saying you don't want to be in that sort of situation yeah uh complete uh, ability i think to compartmentalize two contradictory beliefs castigating this sort of idea of the future as yeah, worthless, and while simultaneously believing in the exact same thing as his goal in life. <laughs> well, it. anyway, that's that's all I've got to say about uh, that. Um, personally, I think uh, the guy is too full of himself, and he doesn't know how to complete a sentence without O's and ums and ahs. So uh, I I don't see much use of his podcast. Yeah, it was it was really hard to listen to both of those. Um, I was going to do a podcast called uh, Dogma Free America, uh, but it was just so. Oh my god! I mean, this is a skeptical podcast, and yeah. I think so far, like all the skeptical podcasts that we listen to, are uh, just kind of collections of news stories and their commentaries on them. Yeah, yeah. Which irritated me so much. I think. That I think we're going to stop doing Atheist News Network. Yeah. If we sound remotely like these idiots uh, circle-jerking themselves, uh, making snarky comments, I think um, you can get that elsewhere. <laughs> it's kind of funny because both Charlie and I came to this consensus without even talking to each other, just listening to these yeah. other podcasts. Both of us got there and were like, you know, this is horrible. All of them do it, and it just sounds stupid. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on Dogma Free America. I am going to play two clips for you, just to give you kind of a sense of what I feel when I say boring uh, and not funny. Um, So uh, here we go. This is um, uh, them welcoming you to the show and welcoming his uh, co-hosts, I suppose, or guests. I think this is the first time we've done it since episode 50. We have both Rob and Flynn here with us. And for a change, both of them are actually in the same time zone because Rob is reporting from the state of Delaware. Flynn, of course, is in the state of Maryland. Gentlemen, welcome to Dogma Free America, episode 100. 
You know, after episode 50, the, the show disappeared for a while, did it not? It did. So hopefully uh, this, you know, having Rob and I together again won't portend another disappearance of the show. Oh, man, I hoped it was a sign of the dogma-free apocalypse and this was the <laughs> end of it, man. Oh, my God, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no wonders they stopped at 50. But why did they start back up again? Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. Not only does he deem it cr of crucial importance to uh, tell us they're in the same time zone, but then he lists the states that they're in as well. <laughs> That's very important to know, especially for your listener base who uh, don't live in the country, the states, or anywhere near you. <laughs> Thank God I know that one of them's in Maryland and the other one's in Delaware. Jesus well, that's very important. Christ. Holy shit. Uh, so the boredom continues, and uh, here's a second attempt at a joke uh, that follows really quickly on the heels of the first one about the dogma-free apocalypse. By the way, Rich, I, I have a question. Please, please go. Why do you always ask me to, to tell me that or ask me to ask a question? Just I, go I'm ahead. obsessively polite, I suppose. Spit it out. Spit it out. Where is the sumptuous buffet you promised at the production meeting for this, for this <laughs> show. True. I did, I did promise. What, what we'll do, Flynn, afterwards is I'll call up Pizza Hut and have them deliver you some breadsticks. Sumptuous buffet is the joke? <laughs> uh, My I, God. I believe the joke was he's in Delaware. <laughs> the other guy's in Colorado. You know, I, I thought the Wiggly and Way was bad at jokes. <laughs> But my God, they just trumped the Wigglyan way. I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> to be fair, I think it would be easy for any podcast to take uh, little sound bites and clips and failed jokes and make it seem boring. But you got to trust me on this one. It's pretty much throughout. I mean, like I said, if you take Layton's jokes that he makes and um, broadcast that on another podcast, we would look terrible. Awful. <laughs> Horrible. So wait, 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 are you trying to say that you're some sort of shining star in this podcast? <laughs> Relatively speaking, That's yes. true. Rel comparatively <laughs> speaking, let's, let's go with comparatively. <laughs> Those are the only two clips I could... Uh, you could stomach to, I could stomach. Listeners to listen yeah, to. Yeah, I couldn't. That's all I'm going to say about Dogma Free America. Good luck, guys, uh, in the podcast awards and with your show. I... Um, I can't listen to it. <laughs> you know what? That one was so short, I don't think it counts. You've got to do another one. All right. Well, let's move on to some of the religious ones that we haven't covered last week. Uh, and this this one I, I really like. It's called Almost Daily Devotional. And it's this guy who does like 15-minute kind of semi-daily, um, I, I don't know, like little um, inspirational podcasts. <laughs> so... Oh. God. <laughs> this one's this one's on prayer. Uh, so let's listen to the first one about how he's not quite sure how he feels about his prayer life. Can I just say, and and, and I'm gonna if if this word offends you, well, you know, I, I'm almost sorry, but my prayer life sucks. It does. It, it, it's horrible. I I don't understand why. I'll tell you why. Prayer's idiotic. That's why. The idea that you can get down on your knees and tell God something he doesn't already know is ridiculous. 
Yeah, now supposedly God is supposed to be omniscient. He knows what we're going to do past, present, future. He knows what we're going to think at every moment in our lives. Why the hell would he want us to sit down and pray to him? I guess the realization that he's just masturbating to himself. Oh, oh God, um... Psst, by the way, I could use some money this month. Um, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. So I've seen how you've been spending your money. <laughs> and God's up there going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I hadn't realized. <laughs> <laughs> My Lord, God. that comes as a complete shock to me. Zeus, were you paying attention to this? Don't you think if God wanted to change your life, he already would have? Yeah. Without you asking him? And oh, this is. A, I was going to say yet again. This is a problem I have with religious people. Is instead of relying on themselves to solve the problem, they go directly to prayer and begin to beg some imaginary being to save them from their own crisis. Let me point something out. We're human. We're adaptive. Survive. Figure it out on your own or die. Yep. Don't offload your problems on some. Uh, invisible being hoping that he'll help you out. Your real, prayer is essentially um, doing nothing while making it appear like you're, you're doing something. So you feel That's good the about definition it. of insanity, doing something <laughs> over and over again that doesn't produce a different result. <laughs> but they interpret the result. Anything. Weeks, years down the line. Oh, that's the answer to my prayer. Gotcha. That's very true. God was teaching me something. Yeah. <laughs> Patience. <laughs> How often have you heard that? God was yeah. teaching me something. That's why yeah. he didn't answer my prayer. Yeah, exactly. Um, this next one's good, too, because uh, he's uh, his friend apparently uh, uh, has some sort of medical problem, and he's praying for that. Uh, whenever I place an order for equipment, and I'm sending this message over to the supplier that I have, I, I send along this the, the, the order, and at the end I say, hey, P.S., I'm praying for your dad. And as I type in that, I'm like, dear God, you know, I don't know what's going on in the situation, but I, I, I just pray that you're helping the doctors to try to, you know, that you're, that you'll help the doctors find some kind of reason of, about what's going on that, or, you know, that, that you'll just bring healing to his body, whatever the case may be. God, will you do that? And I'm doing that silently. I'm doing it in my mind. But in essence, I am praying for that individual. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, my sister. Now, my sister is actually in a custody battle with her ex-husband over the children. And the night before they went into court, my dad sat down and he gave my sister a blessing. And, of course, my mother was there to listen along. And during the blessing, my dad actually stated in the blessing that uh, God was telling him that she was going to have a rough time. And... So the next day, when my sister got up in front of the judge, completely froze, kept repeating herself over and over again because she was so nervous, and the judge basically moved in favor of the uh, of the ex-husband, my mother was sitting there going, I knew it, I knew it. As soon as the blessing went out, I knew there was going to be something bad that was going to happen because she was meant to have a hard time. Oh, my God. Who could have predicted that? Yeah, you're in a custody battle over your children. Hmm. That's a long shot. <laughs> Is Rough this like the Captain ahead. Obvious of all blessings ever given? The sun will rise tomorrow. <gasps> oh, my God. And, and I just you know knew it would. <laughs> my mother kept saying to me over and over again, I knew it, I knew it, as soon as that blessing. And, I mean, even on Thanksgiving, so like a week after, after, 
the actual court hearing, she kept saying to me, oh, I knew it, but this time we're going to be more prepared because the judge is going to rehear the case. I'm like, mother of God, it had nothing to do with the prayers. She froze in front of the judge. You know what bothers me about this is he's praying uh, for the doctors to find out what's wrong with his friend's dad. Yeah. And often when I'm in a room, uh, I'll just be sitting there, God, I have no fucking idea what this doc- Oh, there it is. Pteriasis rosia. <laughs> Someone must God, be praying for you. Reached in your head and scrambled <laughs> And I wonder too if uh, they're going to sue God from for malpractice when he fucks up. Well, that's that's very true because it was God who was telling you what was wrong with these people. If, and if you pray, and lots of people pray for the doctors to figure out what's wrong, and they don't figure out what's wrong, is it really the doctor's fault? Or is it God's? You were relying on God, therefore God is the one that should yeah. be sued. Yeah. You know, you go in there, your friends pray for you, and the doctors amputate the wrong leg. <laughs> <laughs> Why wasn't God pushing them? To- Maybe was- there was a problem with the leg they amputated, and God <laughs> is the only one that knew what was wrong. Whose fault really is that, really? <laughs> All right. Um, this next clip, he says that this is what we should do as fathers and husbands. Oh, God. As a father and as a husband, I really believe that daily I should be coming before God and I should be saying, God, you know what? Here's, here's my day. You know, I've, I've got a certain X number of hours in the day and, you know, I've planned out my, my, my thoughts for the day and, um, you know, I, I, I've got probably more than I can chew. You know, I've got bit off more than I can chew today. I need to sit down and, and prioritize some of this stuff. And and just God, will you help me? We give me some discernment on on the things that I should focus on today. And 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 may those decisions. Would you help me to not fall in love and trust only in money to provide for my needs on a daily daily basis? <laughs> This is why I believe if we ever do discover God, he will be a deist. You, there's only so many prayers you can take like this before you go, fuck this universe, I am out of here. <laughs> so so this is what I'm getting from... On a from daily that. basis, this is what you should be doing. Can you imagine God sitting up there, holy shit, again? <laughs> again, you've bitten off more than you can chew. God, wait, 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 wait. This, this is what I'm getting from. He has too much on his plate to deal with. So instead of taking the time to figure it out and prioritize, he takes time away from where he could actually be doing this shit to pray to God to get answers for what he should be doing. Is that not the most absolute asinine waste of time? (laughs) God, I've bitten off more than... And actually, I should be doing stuff right now, but instead, I'm praying to you. Instead, I'm going to take 10, 15 minutes to pray to you, (laughs) a half hour to figure out what I should be doing. Every day. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And uh, this next one is a prayer of thanks. Oh, good. And I find myself, I do do... I do do. I do do this. You know, God... Thank you so much for that, for that business that I just brought in, or that you brought in, that, that just came in. Thank you for that sale. That is really going to help out this week. You know, God, thank you for the lunch appointment that I just had with my wife. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. You know, I often have the feeling that I need to thank God when I do do as well. 
because it's so large I have to cut it with a hanger to flush it down the toilet. And that is something to be thankful to God for because my bowels are working wonderfully. You know what? Before I see my patients from now on, I'm going to kneel down and pray. Thank you, Lord, for that femur fracture. Thank you for directing him into that tree while skiing <laughs> so that he could break my his femur and give me this wonderful uh, money for this next week. Thank yeah. you for that shoulder dislocation, Lord. Thank you for that raging case of hemorrhoids that I have to now evacuate. Yes, God, thank you for providing for Charlie's family. Thank you. Because without you providing, we could not do this podcast. Thank you for that anal fistula in the 400-pound woman. (laughs) Thank you for providing me with MAs to spread the cheeks apart so that I may gain access to the anal fistula. Good Lord. (laughs) I I believe we should be thanking God for more things. (laughs) All right, the last one I got is uh, his sign-off. I hope that you're enjoying the Almost Daily Devotional. If you haven't done so already, would you tell somebody else to go to almostdailydevotional.com? And if you enjoy this content and you believe in the kind of material and content that we're producing here at gspn.tv, would you consider becoming a Plus member today? Head over to gspn.tv slash plus to learn more information. May God richly bless you. I'll be back again soon with more from the Almost Daily Devotional, God willing. I love the um, plea to become a Plus member, right, so that you can gain access to all his content. Uh, But my favorite is, we'll be back again, God willing. Now remember, this is the Almost Daily Devotional. (laughs) It should be Almost Daily. Yes, yes. That was his last episode, September 24th. (laughs) God wasn't too willing, now was he? Apparently, God feels the same way about your podcast that we do here at Irreligiosophy. Yeah, I hope God smote you down in a ritual sort of way. Oh, he pulled the plug, all right. It's like he was taunting him. I'll be back, God willing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Well, God too ain't, ain't too willing at this point. <laughs> okay, that's all I got for uh, Almost Daily Devotional. Oh, uh, well, it's about got? time you, you stop talking. You're boring as shit. Yeah, and uh, over to Leighton now. <laughs> now the funniest thing about this is uh we uh i'm now going to do chariots of iron this is a skeptical podcast and uh charlie and i were talking in the middle of the week and i was pointing out about how horrible this podcast was and charlie actually did not believe me in fact he thought i was just scoring them uh too harshly and, uh, you know, for the podcast awards, whatever. And he actually listened to them. And w- what's your opinion now, Charlie? Uh, I would like to claw my ears out. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, have you ever gotten to an argument or a debate on the Internet and these snarky, asshole, obnoxious, uh, full-of-themselves, arrogant bastards come on and uh, uh, they're wrong most of the time, but they're 100% certain that they're right. And not only do they respond um, to your claims in an idiotic fashion, but they respond very patronizingly and condescendingly. That's that's what I got. Uh, these are Internet nerds who have made a podcast. <laughs> and you couldn't be more right. Now, this is actually a quote from their About page. So, you know, this is supposed to be about their podcast. 
The main segment of our show is a roundtable discussion of a different topic each week. We address the issue head-on with a barrage of unrelenting, hard-hitting questions. Afterward, we ply it with wine and talk sweet to it. Then we knock it out, steal its kidney, and leave it floating unconscious in a bathtub full of ice in a skanky hotel room in Tijuana. We don't just address an issue. We brutally roll it for organs and then skip out on the hotel bill. Spoken uh, in, in a way that only a 35-year-old who still lives in his mother's basement can speak. <laughs> now, Charlie, you being a doctor, uh, how often do you deal with uh, with organ theft? Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, um, all yeah. these organ um, <laughs> thieving rings carefully uh, match the allotypes and and uh, the the blood types and make sure the um, immune system doesn't reject it, you know, it, because as everyone knows, you can just take a kidney and stick it into anybody. Yeah, hell, you yeah, can take a kidney fine. from a dog and use it yourself. You won't reject it. It's a piece of cake. <laughs> All you need is a lot of money to pay for a kidney. Yes, yes, very true. Well, that that's just off their page. Now, the horrible part comes that in the in one of the podcasts i listened to the guest was noel george and i felt absolutely sorry for her and the reason why is by the 30 minute mark she had spoken maybe 5 minutes they didn't even ask her a direct question until about minute 55 of the podcast now do you want to hear what they were discussing beforehand no here's what they were yes you're you're going to have to <laughs> Joe and I, I went to a self-defense course. We did. A zombie self-defense course. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> but but we were learning to kill them, not to befriend them. Although we did have drinks with the zombie after we got done, so that was a little awkward. But uh, <laughs> well, we went to Zifu at the Fez Ballroom, where we learned how to use uh, swords. We learned the various weapons you could yeah. use, their pros and cons, range, speed, availability, cost. Uh, from hatchets to... Uh, and this was our local listener, Casey, that was running this. Yeah. All right, stop. That's all I can take. Uh, I can't take it anymore. I'm sorry, Layton. <laughs> no, Jesus this was Christ. actually a test. This was a test. I had roughly a minute 40 seconds of them talking about zombies, and I wanted to see how far Charlie could get. 34 seconds. That's it. Period. Mother of God. <laughs> Never play that again. Now... Well, see, Oh, you ahead. can't make fun of these guys because you've actually LARPed. And this is yes. what they're doing, right? This is kind of like a LARP thing, right? Well, no, I can Tell make me fun it's of not. them because I was, I was conned into LARPing and I didn't realize what I was doing until I got there. <laughs> I mean, this is clearly not an actual zombie sub. They're not worried about zombies. They're just It's just something that they're doing like a role-playing game or LARPing. Oh, this is absolutely serious. Oh, come on. These people am, aren't worried about zombies. Yes, they are. And uh, they actually comment on there that the guy who put together this little convention believes that not only is it possible for a zombie invasion, but that it's inevitable. Now, the funny thing is, is I was actually talking about this with one of my neighbors, uh, talking about this whole Zifu or zombie foo or whatever it is. And he looks at me, he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I know all about that movement. He's like, have you read the Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks? And I'm like, are you kidding me? There's an actual Zombie Survival Guide? The dude not only had the guide, but he handed it to me on the spot. <laughs> I, I refuse to believe that people like that exist. Oh, really? I am going to read from you. It's called The Historical Analysis. 
Until the late 20th century, those who studied the living dead were convinced that the frequency of outbreaks remained constant throughout time. Societies that suffered more attacks than others appeared so only because they kept the best records. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's like Poe's Law, right? You just can't, you can't decide, you can't discern whether these guys are kidding or not. And I choose, I choose to believe that this is all an elaborate hoax. Well, actually, and the you joke is on you. You would yes. be correct because uh, Max Brooks, the son of Mel Brooks, is the one who wrote this zombie survival guide. And reading through it, I was convinced that Max Brooks actually believed in this shit, and I had to look it up on the internet to find out. So I think that this guy who put together the convention had no idea that this was an absolute hoax, kind of a joke book. Or he's just, you know, they're having fun like people have Halloween conventions and that sort of thing. And uh, the role-playing nerds show up, and they have a good time. No, I, I, like I, Star refuse, Trek convention. I refuse to believe that because my neighbor actually told me that this was a great survival guide and actually informed me that he was using it to prepare for such instances. I refuse to believe in your neighbor. <laughs> well, I refuse to even bother with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? All right, all right. So continuing onward, just Tell to me show we don't you, have very many more chariots of iron. I've clips. got uh, about four more, Son and the bitch. reason why <laughs> is because I mean you, you can't take our word on it. These guys are horrendously bad at at joking, and this is why. Here is their one of their jokes. So yeah, uh, we're, we're we're we sitting at this table recording the show are like the end of two point oh kind of thing. <laughs> We're like the late. We're like we're like two point dot three. I'm like two point one. I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> You've got all the fancy upgrades, but yeah, what they're talking about there is new atheists. How they call them uh, third generation, so on and so forth, atheists. And that was their joke they made on it is that they are atheist two point one. Yeah, it's programming humor. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's limited to a very small audience. <laughs> oh, bullshit. You and I are both programmers, and that wasn't funny to either of us. <laughs> oh, uh, my right, God. So we I'm give sure, them a second try. I'm sure someone will find that funny somewhere. I'm sure, but it will be limited. <laughs> they they attempted uh, more humor? Yeah, they they did attempt more humor. Now, you would think that you could not go wrong with a douche joke. However, you would be wrong in thinking that. <laughs> Here's their attempt at a douche joke. You can never talk too long about douches. That's right. uh, yeah, yeah, that does make it. We're actually, uh, Eli's going to do a spin-off podcast called mm -hmm. Douche of the Month. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's a four-hour podcast, but it's only once a month. Right. About one douche. I don't hear you laughing. <sighs> what a... <laughs> What a rich subject for humor. Yes, douche. And that, that's, that's what they got. You know what? In fact, I believe right now we should break for our commercial this week. Uh, Father, have you ever had that not-so-fresh feeling? Are you kidding, Jesus? Look... The only reason I created all those species was to tap each and every one of their asses. Whoa, hold on. You've had sex with every species in creation? 
Why do you think I made so many beetles? That's why I use Massengod, the only douche strong enough to get rid of skunk dick. Oh man, that's what that smell was? Nah, that was Mary. You don't even want to smell skunk dick. Oh, forget I brought it up. If I wasn't circumcised, not even Massengod could have gotten rid of that stench. I am going to go crucify myself, and it better goddamn take this time. Massing God, douche of the gods. And we're back. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed that commercial. Of course, uh, you know, now we're back to the chariots of iron. Yeah, I thought that commercial was horrible. Yeah, it sucked. We're sorry. <laughs> All right, all right. So anyway, back to Chariots of Iron. So I listened to one of their episodes, which mind, which mind you, was one hour and about 30 to 40 minutes long. So almost two hours of this shit. So I thought, you know what? Maybe I was just judging them wrong. So I downloaded and listened to another podcast of theirs. Yep. And uh, the guest on that one was James Corbet, or Corbett. I can't remember how to say his name. And once again, by the 30-minute mark, he had spoken for maybe five minutes. Was this the atheist teacher? Yes, this was the atheist teacher, something that was actually very interesting. Uh, I listened to some of this, and it was uh, was tough, because they made this guy sit through nearly an hour of news reporting before they even got to him. 59 minutes, 45 seconds before they actually turned to the guy. Now, yeah, every most, once in a while he'd bust in and say something, but pretty much he was just sitting there while they did the news. Exactly. Now, I would like to point out that they're actually rude to these guests. And the funny thing is, is they are more interested in hearing themselves speak than allowing their guests. And for that, I have a clip. Uh, and, Wait a minute. Well, what I've said to her is, what, if I don't do it, then it just falls to whoever gets to him first. I mean, that's what you really are saying. You're like, I- I'm not going to do it. So now it's going to be the next person you trust that you happen to run into, be it a religious aunt or an atheist uncle or uh, someone at school who's a New Ager or whatever, you're just going to let your child go off and be influenced by other influences. Now, wait a minute, really. Because uh, you know, this is the crux of, of, of everything you guys are talking about. Right. You just said it when you said indoctrinate, you know, we're concerned about indoctrinating the kid into that way of thinking. That's not correct. You're you're teaching a kid how to think, right. not a way of thinking, not not what to believe, but how to parse a, a, an idea. Right. That that isn't indoctrination. Right. That's I've had that argument too. <laughs> teaching a child how to think for themselves, how to think critically, how to evaluate claims. You could actually hear it where their guest speaker, who minds you, when he finally gets down and starts breaking into the conversation is a hell of a lot more interesting than they are but they keep interrupting them not only in the beginning where they just ignore the fact that he's trying to break in but then he breaks in and then they pretty much cut him off right at the end and this isn't the only instance they did this throughout the entire podcast until they got to the mark where they decided they were going to start asking him questions it's painful were were these the guys who did the episode on the seventh day adventists i think they were yeah i think they were it was called Seventh day Madventists. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious, by the way. Thanks. It may, it, and again, they made me listen to about an hour of their dumbass commentary. Totally, uh, 
um, unnecessary commentary and uh, self-congratulatory and jacking each other off commentary for an hour before they even got into Seventh-day Adventism. And I thought, thank God, that's over. Now they'll get into like the history and, and the beliefs of Seventh-day... No. They went over a pamphlet of the Seventh-day Adventists and why it was wrong. It was excruciating. <laughs> a pamphlet. And see, that again is the problem, is... I went to their podcast both times expecting to learn something, expecting to have something elucidated in the very least. And I walked away both times thinking, my God, not only are these guys snarky, they're rude to their guests, but they don't ever get to anything of actual relevance. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was painful. It was sheer pain. So I don't know how they got nominated or who nominated them, um, and they'll probably win. <laughs> More than likely, but I do have one dig at him, and that's where I'm going to play the last clip. Lamar's not with us today. Oh, yes. If you haven't noticed, Lamar's not here. <laughs> Let's just skip that part and go right into it. Uh, you know, we probably should have just done the whole damn show and see if anybody noticed that he wasn't here. But, yeah, he is, uh, he's gotten scurvy, and uh, so he's not going to be able to make it in. Well, he is former Navy, so he's eating vitamin C tablets at home. But we hope he gets well soon, and he will be back next show. How is it in this day and age, especially in America where fruit and vegetables are so prevalent, how does someone get scurvy? <laughs> My God. <laughs> I'm hoping that's yet another obscure, idiotic joke that they've made. Um, but if he does have scurvy, I'll tell you how he got it. He's in his basement eating Cheetos, and there's no vitamin C in Cheetos. <laughs> it's orange, but there's no vitamin C in it. You know, I wondered if it was a joke, too, but they just pointed out he had scurvy, and then they went on with the show. So, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, he's eating vitamin C tablets, which is what you take for scurvy. Scurvy um, is what happened to pirates, you know, 300 years ago when they yeah. go on long sea voyages, <laughs> and they didn't have any way to store the fresh fruits and vegetables. <laughs> which is why I love that they bring up that he's former Navy, because trust me, I've been yeah. on those Navy ships. They feed the shit out of you with, a, I mean, yes, it's a lot of salt-ridden, greasy shit, but it's also very vitamin-packed with vitamin C, you get your juice, you get everything else like that. So I, I still do not understand how supposedly an intelligent man who runs a skeptical podcast can get scurvy without sitting in the basement eating Cheetos all day. Yeah, what is the guy, a guinea pig? Come on. <laughs> Eat an orange every once in a while. Take a multivitamin. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, right. that's that's the last I want to say about chariots. Oh, my God. All right. Um, now I've got another excruciatingly boring <laughs> podcast called Speaking of Faith. Um, oh, this, was, this was really, really hard to listen to. Um, very, very boring, which, again, I think is the biggest crime you can commit as a podcaster. Uh, they have this guest on. I, I chose the Exodus because I thought, well, this will be interesting. You know, I know a little about the Exodus. We've covered it twice on Your Religiosity. So let's mm. see what uh, uh, new things I can learn from this. Um, you know, I always go in with these high expectations. <laughs> and I come out with this crap. This is um, a lady named Krista Tippetts, I think, and she's uh, interviewing... Um, some uh, Hebrew scholar, and she she gives all these stupid uh, exegesis, and she's talking about uh, midrashic tradition, which is kind of Jewish way of of um, reinterpreting the scripture so that they they're current. So 
they talk about God's name. When you remember this, when in the Bible where he ta- <laughs> Moses sees the burning bush and he asks what God's name is. Yeah. She doesn't like the fact that he gives the name I am that I am, right? And so here's her interpretation of that. <laughs> and literally, it just means I will be who I will be. And I think there's just no getting around it. Some of these translations are just mistranslations. Right. Uh, yes. <laughs> and they don't help, do they? <laughs> they really don't. Yeah. Because actually, God is being evasive. God is saying, I'm not giving you a handle. You want a handle of some kind to hold on to, to say, now I've got him. Uh, that's a name. And instead he answers, I am the very principle of becoming. Now, how does she know this? <laughs> She's just pulling it out of her ass. How does she know God is being evasive? What if God's name is, I am that I am? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if she's spitting on God's name right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what if God was trying to prophesy the Popeye cartoon? Moses, yeah. I am that I am, and that's all what I am. <laughs> Comes out with obscenely large forearms, probably from <laughs> masturbating, which makes sense because God sits up there and masturbates to everybody praying to him, so... Yeah. The Popeye actually is a great yeah. simile of God. God's sitting up there. You can't have my handle. I'm using it right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you need to uh, use it after me, I'm fine with that. Just grab hold. Give me about 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> now remember, nice fluid motion, up, down. <laughs> wonder if God has a refractory period. All right, uh, this next one um, is equally uh, enlightening. Of course. She realizes that there's a problem with God hardening Pharaoh's heart, right? Yeah, well, everybody who's religious and actually considers things realizes this is a problem. Ah, but she has a solution for it. Of course she does. Well, it's really quite a theological problem, mm-hmm. actually, which the Midrash pays a lot of attention to, and that is that if God hardens Pharaoh's heart then obviously Pharaoh is not responsible anymore for his intransigence. Uh, why should he be punished? And, and the classic direction to answer it has to do with reaching a point of no return, that one can make oneself obdurate and closed to all appeal from the outside world to such a point that, in fact, it's as if human autonomy ceases to act altogether. One no longer has the power to backtrack. And from that point onwards, I think it's a kind of figure of speech then to say that God hardens his heart. Absolute bullshit. In order to believe what she's saying, you have to disbelieve what the Bible is saying about God hardening Pharaoh's heart. So apparently, Midrash doesn't mean reinterpretation. Midrash means pulling shit out of your ass. <laughs> I mean, are, are you serious that now we can just take scriptures and mold it to whatever we want? Oh, wait, religions have been doing that for years. Yeah. I don't like it, so it's a figure of speech. And it means that Pharaoh didn't harden his heart, which is completely opposite of what the text says. It means that Pharaoh's heart was hardened because he got to a point of no return. Oh, fuck you! A point of no return, once again a contradiction in terms, because as far as I understand it, in Christianity there is always a returning point. Nowhere in the text does it tell you that. It's just a certain discomfort with the actual words, and so what you should do if you're uncomfortable is tear the words out and put in 
Pharaoh's heart um, got to a point of no return, and so he just got really <laughs> hard, and he's not going to change his mind. Or perhaps you should put in, warning, the next section um, sucks based on modern standards. <laughs> warning, warning, Ign- Ignore it because this could go against what you actually believe. <laughs> this next section will make you feel uncomfortable if you have a functioning brain in your head. <laughs> Oh shit! That's that's speaking of faith, and and I'm not going to torture you with any more of those. That's thank it. God. I listened to an hour of that, and that was plenty for me. Again, so, who knows who's going to win this? These podcasts are um, essentially very well produced. They're just boring as hell. Yeah, well that that's the big problem. In fact, uh, I've been thinking throughout our podcast, actually reviewing them, especially this week. Last week was a bit more entertaining, but this week, about the best we can say about most of these podcasts is that they are boring as shit, and I think we're going to become boring as a result. It's it, yeah. This week, I apologize for this week. Um, we did our best. It's just you know you can't polish a turd. <laughs> right? We do our best to dip it in gold, but it just doesn't stick. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got another podcast that actually you may have enjoyed. Yes. Yes. Now, uh, to lead into this podcast, it's it's Reasonable Doubts. And uh, the podcast itself, it, it can best be described by a reviewer on iTunes. And uh, this is what the reviewer says. There I was, looking for a decent, lively, intellectual discussion in a podcast about skepticism, critical thinking, if you will. I found none of that with this podcast. Uh, nothing. Nothing but three men that seem to dawdle over inanity and the ponderance of one's navel. If you actually research anything these podcasters have uttered about religion, psychiatry, philosophy, you will find they are all far from substandard. They are, in fact, bumbling fools. And in the next statement, it says... Wait, are you sure that wasn't our podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, I'm looking at the wrong one. (laughs) No, no, but listen to this next statement. The fact is that they are brilliant, and I am quite glad that I found this podcast. If you read what a person writes about a podcast without putting some interest into it, doing research on various topics for the podcasters discuss... Uh, poor English there. You may as well go back to school. You must have missed some classes. You'll find that these three madmen of the intellectual sphere are quite knowledgeable and have a friendly banter, almost as if you could sit in the studio listening to them, placard in hands. You guys rock. Huh. That's kind of a the definition of backhanded compliment, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you guys they basically... are totally incompetent, but you've entertained me. I mean, that's your entire <laughs> twenty minutes feel there can be boiled down to you're uh, incompetent but entertaining. Yeah, you're bumbling fools, but you're brilliant. I mean, and sadly, I know exactly where this listener's coming from. Now, this listener rated them one star, oh. and <laughs> <laughs> and. I got to admit with them, um, it's boring as shit, and you sit there and you wonder why you're listening to it, but the topics they bring up are somewhat interesting. And uh, (laughs) to give you an idea... Example? (laughs) Yeah, to give you an idea, let's just listen to their their introduction. My name is Dave Fletcher, and normally at this time in the show, I'd be announcing my fellow Doubtcasters... Jeremy Bean and Dr. Professor Luke Galen, but um, there's a bitter rift um, between 
our factions, so I'm not going to do that, and we're just going to jump right into it here. I'm not speaking to you, Dave. I'm just speaking to Jeremy, and then I can get to you. Okay. Because you're a freaking agnostic. That's that's totally fair. You new atheist, you. <laughs> God, do we sound like that? My God, if we do, someone slit our throats and There's... sacrifice us to ball. Have you noticed with some of these, uh, most of these skeptical podcasts, there's something like a nerd speech, where just listening to them, you can tell they're nerds. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And I mean, that's that's what you get out of this podcast. Do, do you remember when we were walking through that comic? I think we talked about this in the the role playing. <laughs> yes, game, we right? have actually. <laughs> we were walking through that comic book store, and those guys were playing role playing games. You could have closed your eyes and known they were ner- well, geographically. <laughs> <laughs> geographically, that's not saying much. <laughs> Your, my powers of observation aren't aren't too keen. Inside a comic shop, that that is sort of the definition of nerd. I withdraw my statement. Never mind. <laughs> well, you you were on a roll there, and you're absolutely <laughs> right. These guys are the the absolute definition of nerds, and their one saving grace is that although it's as boring as shit, and and much like a math you know, teacher up there teaching. You know the statement that you got a face for radio. Yeah. These guys have voices for mime. <laughs> oh god. So that's if you bad. if you get beyond their voices, is it actually interesting? Yeah. Or is it just a bunch of dorks sitting around eating Cheetos and talking about dorky stuff? No, no, actually it, it does become interesting and uh I mean the first podcast it was almost insufferable to make it through. It was just Boring as hell, and the only thing that got me through is the topic was of somewhat interest. And it wasn't until I listened to their second one, which, mind you, is still boring as hell, but it's still very interesting. <laughs> and and here's, <laughs> I love that you're just giggling back there. Doesn't make any here's, sense. Here's the next clip. Uh, listen to this, and this is what I mean by some of the topics they bring forward. Hitchens uh, has that new thing out where he's. Touring with a minister, or the, he was right. filmed touring with the minister, and he made a comment on that too, where the minister basically said, "What Christopher believes takes as much faith as what I believe." And you know, I think all of us have in debates have heard that, and, and it's just I still can't wrap my mind around that. What does that mean? <laughs> it takes just as much faith to be an atheist. Are they suggesting that we're ignoring evidence and and, right. and flinging ourselves into the into the subjective void of? It's just that we want to go with it, and yeah, you know, evidence. I, I have an uncontrollable urge to give someone a wedgie right now. <laughs> I'm not sure where that's coming from. Well, see, the funny thing about this is instead of initially answering this whole faith to be an atheist stupidity, they actually go to their guest speaker, Michael Shermer, who is the uh, editor of the Skeptics magazine. Yeah, and they have. Uh, he, I've never heard of him. Oh, my but, God. Uh, he has an article in Scientific American every month. He's the editor of Skeptic Magazine. He's debated several creationists. He has he has a very annoying voice. <laughs> well, he does. And in fact, that is our next clip because the sad part about this is the guest is far more interesting than the hosts and sure. you really should not do that. So <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have guests on. Well, I realize that, but if the hosts themselves are completely incompetent at being interesting. You really shouldn't bring guests on because that's going to draw your listeners gotcha. away to this guest. Why would they stay? Gotcha. So, here's Michael Shermer. 
peer review collaboration or corroboration system, experimental method. All these things are built and designed to get around those cognitive biases. That's the whole point of the scientific method is that you can be fooled, uh, but there's some other lab somewhere who maybe he doesn't like you, some other scientist <laughs> he's in competition with you, or or just the just the standard competitive nature of science that if you don't find your flaws in your argument and the and the disconfirmatory data that would refute your theory, somebody else will. Uh, usually with great glee in a published forum, debunk you. I mean, uh, science is a very uh, tough-minded uh, enterprise. You have to have pretty thick skin. Um, you know, they don't suffer fools gladly in peer-reviewed journals. They, they're, they're only too happy to slam dunk you. Well, okay, so he's talking about the reliability of science, right? And I yeah, suppose... basically that <clears throat> faith is personal biases, whereas scientists use methods. Gotcha. I suppose... Um, you could say, well, you know, we rely on scientific evidence, and that that um, means that we don't have to rely on faith. The, the argument is that, um, like the Ray Comfort guys will say, uh, you have to have faith that everything came from nothing, basically, and so it's exactly the same amount of faith to be an atheist as it is to be a Christian, or there, there's more faith to be an atheist, as opposed to their, you know, rock-solid uh, belief that... Um, God always existed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, they're basically stating that it takes the same amount of faith to uh, disbelieve in God as it does to disbelieve in unicorns, fairies, so on and so forth. Absolutely true. Um, The default position is no belief at all. And so for these people who say it takes a lot of faith to be an atheist, that's not the proposition. I'm saying you give me evidence and I will evaluate that evidence. So far I've found neither any evidence nor any good argument to believe in God. So we're not talking about any faith. It doesn't take any faith to disbelieve. It, it takes zero faith to disbelieve. God. I mean, it's it's the same exact thing as saying, since I'm a fan of ancient Greece and the Iliad, my faith in Achilles is just as valid as their faith in Jesus. Well, sure, except that you, there actually was a Troy and, you know, there's... <laughs> there's actual evidence there, there's no evidence of Bethlehem being um, around at the time of Jesus' birth or for that matter synagogues in first century Judea so yeah yeah. well now that we have stated what our response to this whole degrees of faith is why don't we listen to what their response is there's another strategy for getting them to see the exact same point even if they are going to maintain that we all take things on faith that everything ultimately when you when you boil it down is a faith position they still are going to have to admit that some propositions take more faith to believe than others all right the sun rises in the east it sets in the west now to believe that tomorrow is going to be just like yesterday and the sun is once again going to rise in the east and set in the west if that takes faith to believe it doesn't take as much faith to believe that as it does say to believe that the president is really a, an alien from another dimension, is a lizard person and part of a global conspiracy to take over the planet. Right. Obviously, those two different propositions, sunrise in the east, sunset in the west, and president is a lizard person, obviously those propositions are not equal. It's going to take more faith to believe in one than the other. So they have to acknowledge that there are degrees of faith. Sometimes you need more, sometimes you need less. Could you bottom line that for me? I fell asleep. 
<laughs> as did our entire listener audience. <laughs> so actually, he took a minute and what, 14 seconds to say that some propositions require more faith to believe than others. And that's my exact point about this entire podcast. They are boring as shit. They circle the response over and over and over again. It's like a math teacher teaching you an equation is basically yeah. what it is. Dogma Free and- America does the exact same thing. And it's almost insulting to your intelligence as a listener to, to assume that I have to have that explained to me more than once. I mean, how many times did he say that same thing over and over and over? It's like I, he beat yeah. me over the head with a shovel. Right? And not only it. how many times, how many different ways did he I'm, bring it forward? I'm reasonably intelligent. I can assume that anyone listening to a skeptical podcast is reasonably intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> so you can probably assume that if they don't get it, they'll rewind, right? That's the beauty of the podcast. Yeah. yeah it's wonderful. It's, it's not like a live instructor in front of you. You can rewind, you can ponder it, and then listen to it again. Yeah. It seems like they're assuming their audience is based uh, uh, like the same as Christian audience. Idiots. Morons. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, this last clip, the last one I will subject our listeners to, is one of the reasons why Charlie and I are giving up our Atheist News Network. And it's because every other podcast out there does the same thing, and it really comes off as being kind of snarky. Egyptian conservatives call for ban of Artificial virginity hymen kit imported from China. Those Chinese are industrious people. If they're like, we need something we can market to the Muslim world. What can we have? Uh, virginity restorer devices? That's a good idea. That was quite possibly one of the worst Chinese accents I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Thank God I wasn't the only one sitting there thinking that. It's like I'm watching a Superman cartoon in the 1940s where they're making fun of the Japs. Yeah, it, it, it's... It's really funny because this is their segment they call Stranger Than Fiction. It's their news segment where they go through and they find the strangest stories out there in the world that involve religion, skepticism, so on and so forth. And then they discuss it. So it's it's a good idea, but it's done so many times. And even with these guys, it's boringly executed. And so I'm sorry, but listening to all these other podcasts do it, I really don't want to do Atheist News Network anymore. Yeah, like I yeah, you you can get the news somewhere else. And if we sound anywhere remotely like these guys, um, I'd like to shoot myself in the head. So <laughs> you do with the Atheist News Network that the news stories you do run a serious danger of over snarking your audience. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you want to know something that actually fascinated me about these guys is not only do they have their own theme music written for them but they are part of what is known as the WPRR Reality Public Radio and this is an AM radio station that broadcasts these skeptical podcasts and they're up there with Point of Inquiry Dogma Free America Skeptic's Guide to the Universe all of these guys are on this public radio and my first thought was damn maybe we should get on there but then my second thought was who the hell is listening to AM radio well i say good for them you know um if you can if you can listen to this and you're interested in it and i think you know it's a little unfair to listen to one or two of these things you probably ought to listen to more and they probably get better the more you are familiar with the hosts and the more you can kind of anticipate what they say and and kind of it's kind of like when people first listen to this podcast they hate Leighton's guts but if you listen to it more and more it, it kind of grows on you 
right? I bet they, I bet these things grow on you if you listen to them more. And we've been really snarky too in this podcast toward yeah. these other skeptical podcasts and the other Christian ones. Um, so we're certainly not immune. As a matter of fact, uh, the last podcast in our um, inventory is this one. Are you ready for that? This is this guy's a moron. You ready for this one? All right, let's hear this. Yeah, and we were gonna fly to Switzerland or Sweden. <laughs> Sweden, yeah, nice, nice. I'm glad that you at least have these two countries in the right area. Uh, we're going to fly. Well, it says Swiss, aren't they from uh, Switzerland? Yes. <laughs> Are we going to have to pull out a map? <laughs> From Zurich, Switzerland. So this moron doesn't know the difference between Switzerland and Sweden. And the whole... My God. The, if you go on and listen to the rest of it, the whole article is about Switzerland. And this moron does an audio thing on the Swedish chef. You know, I really don't think there's... There's enough retardation coming out of that guy's mouth to actually measure. It just blew every meter out there. The guy clearly spent more time setting up that audio than he did reading the fucking article. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe he's just too stupid to understand what the article states on the first read-through before setting up the joke. Totally parochial, American-centric bullshit. Right outside of America, it's just amorphous blob. You Who know, cares I mean, about the difference between Switzerland and Sweden? Well, listening to this shit, it really makes you want to cornhole the son of a bitch just to get his mind into the game. Oh, you're not kidding. Listen to this one where this idiot has no idea what materialism is. So maybe that's what he's talking about. It, you know, materialism. I think he's confusing with determinism. Well, see, I, I, I was very confused by that too. So. Basically, the more we buy, the less we feel responsible. I want to see. I think he means materialism in the terms of matter. <laughs> oh. Not consumerism. You get it? Uh, all right, all right. There's my stupidity for the day. Thank you, everybody, for joining. <laughs> now that's a, a fucking retard if I've ever heard one. Oh, God, I've never envied Marley Matlin more than <laughs> right now. <laughs> I wish I was deaf so I wouldn't have to hear that again. <laughs> I think you just want to get that whole deaf accent out there so you can scream, you idiot, at this guy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. What is wrong with these two hosts? Why can't they get their materials set up before they even start? And why don't they edit this shit out? There ought to be a minimum IQ in order to host a skeptical podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's completely obvious to all of our listeners and us that these two hosts do not meet that level. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> And those were only two things I pulled out at random, right? I mean, we're talking probably yeah. dozens more exactly well, like that. From what I understand, they've probably got, like, what, at least 40, 50 podcasts out there, and these are two that you just randomly pulled out? I mean, these guys are complete dipshits, to say the least. I don't Absolutely. know why anybody would listen to them. Absolutely. Well, we've run out of podcasts in our uh, religion and inspiration category. When is this Thank thing going <laughs> to... 
when is the winner going to be announced? Yeah, it's actually going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on December 12th, where they're going to have a live-streamed event. And the, the funniest thing of all is they actually state that if you want to participate in the awards ceremony, that you get to email the the company... And they will send you a packet letting you know how to get involved. And Charlie and I have actually sent in for that packet because the funniest thing is this is a live streamed event, which means they cannot edit the shit we say out. (laughs) So we're going to be there. (laughs) (laughs) If they respond, I'm pretty sure from our acceptance speech of last week that they've probably caught wind and aren't going to let us into the live streamed event. Yeah, speaking of which, we traveled back in time, uh, and unfortunately we changed the timeline, um, so we didn't win this time. Damn it, what the fuck is wrong with us? So we recorded our rejectant speech, and uh, here it is. And the winner of the Religion Inspiration category is The Wiglian Way. I knew our listeners wouldn't let us down. What great friends and podkin we have. Now, I'd like to thank someone, but the fairies moved my acceptance speech and I couldn't find it. So instead, I'd just like to play a song that is dear to my heart. You know who I'd like to thank? I'd like to thank all of our lazy-ass listeners for continuing to prove how selfish they are by not giving up a moment or two from their altar boy prostitutes. It's not like you're paying them by the hour. They're volunteers, for Christ's sake. Hey, quiet. I'm posting this on Fuck My Life. Jesus H. Christ, I can't even win a goddamn internet award. Here's some advice to our listeners. Eat some goddamn fruit before the scurvy sets in. Cheetos aren't a fruit just because they're orange. Thanks for nothing, Jesus. We make fun of you once or twice, and you totally abandon us in our time of greatest need. Oh, yeah, you can make Blam's ass talk. Where's our miracle? Fuck you too, Allah, Vishnu, Ahura Mazda, every other god I prayed to. Dick faces. Hey, Todd Cochrane, leading innovator in podcast marketing and advertising, you may have lived up to your name when showing me your O-face, but you could have at least given me a complimentary reach-around by letting me win a category as silly as religion inspiration. Hey, I'd have been happy if you would have handed me a towel afterwards. Yeah, it's all just a popularity contest anyway. (laughs) Totally meaningless. This is the worst day of my life! You know... In another timeline, we won this award, and I had the confidence to pork me a fat, ugly woman. Now the best I can do is pay a Catholic preacher ten bucks for a quickie with his altar boy, or take advantage of Charlie's Thai refugees. 
Of course, then I'd have to kill the boys for having larger penises than me. Fuck this shit. Let's get back to the time machine. Yeah. Peace out, podcast awards. I've I've never been more saddened in my life to hear such a tear-jerking story. Well, look, there <laughs> there is one hope in that perhaps by traveling through the time stream again, we have again changed the future and altered the timeline. The other consequence is now that we've changed two timelines, both of them will collide and we will destroy the universe. That's entirely possible or set us up in one of those Star Trek time loops <laughs> where we live the same <laughs> week Which, over and over God, again. is the worst episode you could ever think of. <laughs> Who the hell came up with that shit? And why do they keep doing it? Fantastic stuff. All right, uh, next week we'll be back with another um, less snarky podcast, uh, hopefully, uh, about some sort of religious topic, perhaps even a guest. Who knows? Yeah, we'll figure it out as we go. Thank <laughs> you.